The first step in overcoming a challenge is acknowledging it. Welcome to this episode of Cultural Standpoint. My name is Arya Abad. I am here to tell you about a daily challenge that our country has to overcome in order to become more connected. As an Iranian-American, I have experienced a lot of frictions between Iranian culture and American culture. Not only since I moved here, but also when I helped my parents and other friends acculturate to the American culture. With over 40 million immigrants living in the United States, there's a big number of cultures interacting on a daily basis, and a lot of frictions that happen in between. Today, we will acknowledge some of those frictions. Ariana Safari, 25-year-old Iranian-American, told us this story about one time when she felt that friction. A big thing in Persian culture is when someone arrives somewhere to a party, like you stand up because mm. it's like kind of a sign of disrespect if you don't stand to say hi to someone, right? So like, I guess for me, I'm so used to that and I felt really weird because I, my husband is American. He like has no lick of any culture from outside the US in him. So like his family, when we go there, they're just like all relaxed. They're just chilling in their chairs and I walk in and I'm like, hi, and I just, I. I try to not take it as like, oh, it's me, they don't like me, you know? It's just, it's hard. Like, I know that they don't mean that. Arthur Olivares, who grew up in a household with Mexican cultural values, talks to us about how there was a funny friction between the way Mexicans greet versus how Americans greet, and it made him feel like he has to explain it to his friends growing up. Mexicans, the way we grew up greeting each other is always like a kiss on the cheek and a hug. Mm -hmm. And like, I guess... Like, growing up, when I would bring friends over, like, that was one of the things I'd pay attention to, like, when they would greet my parents. It was, like, how they greeted them. Yeah. And it was one of the things where, like, I'd have friends where, like, they'd walk in, they'd just be like, hey, how are you doing? Just, like, wave at them. And I would always keep, like, note of that because I'd be like, my parents are going to tell me something later because you didn't either <laughs> shake their hand, give them a hug, or anything, like, physical. My parents' heads, they already had this, like, preconceived notion of, like, how they wanted you to greet them. Yeah. So it was always interesting for me to be like, I would, some of the, sometimes I would give them a heads up and be like, hey, just give my mom a hug when you meet her. <laughs> I spoke with Dr. Guru, sociology professor at Virginia Commonwealth University to help me decode some of these bumps in cross-cultural interactions. It's called attribution error. Uh, you either internalize the error and assume responsibility for it, or you scapegoat it off to somebody else. They're just not being very host, you know, a good host, or they're just not being understanding, or they're not giving me the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so that's the psychology of it, really. And I think it has to do a lot with, uh, you know, again, your ability to handle awkwardness and what defense mechanisms you've learned over time to employ to relieve yourself of the strain and stress of the awkwardness. One of those defense mechanisms is avoidance. So it's like, I'm just not going to go there anymore, or I'm not going to meet these kinds of people anymore because it always makes me feel awkward. But I don't know how to fix it, so it's their fault, you know, for making me feel awkward instead of uh, my own inability to kind of take a deep breath and start over. Or... According to Dr. Guru, there are many numbers of defense mechanisms identified by psychologists. People use these mechanisms to relieve themselves from unfamiliar situations. Holding oneself responsible, take a deep breath, being patient, don't take it personally. This is probably a cultural thing when we give them some space or the benefit of the doubt. To, you know, I'm such a shit, I can't believe I did that, I can't believe I didn't, you know. 
Although defense mechanisms are natural reactions in an event of unfamiliarity, there are ways we can get around it when it comes to cross-cultural interaction. Here is what Dr. Gudo thinks bridges cultures. What bridges cultures are the very things that human beings have in common. We all love to eat. We all love music. We all love dance. Uh, like humor is a great social lubricant. We can always laugh at ourselves for mispronouncing something that we thought we were being good at. You know, I learned a little Spanish, so uh, I say something in French because I had that in my head, and then we laugh at that because uh, my feeble attempt to speak their language or whatever. Uh, Arthur and Ariana also shared their experiences where group activities like dancing and playing games turn two unfamiliar groups into one big fun group. Like my best friend now is Egyptian. And so like for me, it was always fun for us because like our, our cultures were very, very different. But at the same time, there were similarities that we would end up finding out like once we got into like, like for example, like the dancing is a big thing in her culture and like same thing in, our, in my culture. So it's like things that like are still similar, but still different at the same time. We, for my family, because they're Iranian and American, we, we would do like big parties and some of them don't speak English, mm -hmm. some of them don't speak Farsi. So we would do like games, like big games. We'd play like Pictionary and Bingo and stuff like that. And, and it kind of gets everybody involved. Like even though you don't speak the same language, you still understand competition. Mm -hmm. uh, food is always a door opener. Mm -hmm. And people let their guard down typically. As soon yeah. as they start eating, it's a, it's, very uh, disarming, uh, in a way, having food around you. The truth is, I would have never been able to find home in this country had I not tried to get on the same level as people surrounding me. If I hadn't talked to that as strangers, gone to that event, or invited that group of people over, I would have never have so many amazing friends from multiple cultures around me. This familiarity is making me feel happy and safe, and everybody deserves to feel the same. Managing minor frictions will help our social health on a larger scale. It will grow our social capital and will remove fear from the unknown. I would like to wrap up our podcast with what Fariba, Afghan-American friend of mine, said when I asked her why she invites the neighbors over for some afternoon tea. People leave a lot to assumption and it's, you always assume the worst as opposed to assuming the best because you're fearful. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, my white American neighbor may be fearful that I'm a terrorist sitting across the street. Mm -hmm. But if they come into my home and get to know me and say, okay, there's nothing <laughs> terrorist-like in this house. She's just as westernized as I am and there's nothing to fear about this family living across the street. Mm. I think it's just, we all live on the same planet. We may be... We may defer to what's most comfortable for us, but we need to interact. We need to understand each other. I hope this podcast helps you acknowledge and overcome cross-cultural conflicts. I hope your curiosity about other cultures begins when this podcast ends. Until next time. <laughs>